0: If our lives were a garden, we are allowing other weeds to take over and choke out the priorities we planted, all because we don't have healthy enough boundaries to stop the invasion. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we'll learn how to establish healthy boundaries with society, self-help, and image management so we can grow harmony at work and at home. You'll hear me say this all the time on this podcast, that positive impact must always start with ourselves. Yes, positive change always has to start with the self. And y'all, our self has a boundary problem. Why do leaders sometimes feel so off balance in our professional and personal lives? Why do we feel so stressed at work and at home? Why do we feel so guilty for not meeting the demands of our boss or our family? And why do we feel so unsettled in where we're at in life? Why, why, why? Why? <laughs> The fact is that each one of us is a leader, and we're actually doing a good job, yet we feel like we're not performing like we should. I think the answer to the why question is that we're caught up in performance-based affirmation and validation. In other words, I think we are feeling off-balance, stressed, guilty, and unsettled because we don't have healthy boundaries in life, healthy boundaries with tasks, healthy boundaries with others and even healthy boundaries with ourselves. Now, I'm from a small farm in Arkansas, so forgive me for showcasing my inner country girl here for this podcast episode, y'all. But today, we're going to talk about gardening. (laughs) I love gardening. And yep, gardening, and we're going to talk about how to grow healthy boundaries. Because if our lives were a garden, then y'all, we got tons of weeds choking out all the good stuff. We've got briars of societal pressures choking out the flowers of individual thought and priorities. We've got the kudzu promise of the perfect plan, method, and checklist choking out the fruit of harmony that can actually be had among the chaos. And let's not forget the poison ivy. We have poison ivy of image management choking out all the strong stocks of healthy relationships. Yeah. Yeah. If our lives were a garden, we are allowing other weeds to take over and choke out the priorities that we planted, all because we don't have healthy enough boundaries to stop the invasion. So today we're gonna talk about how to establish healthy boundaries with society, healthy boundaries with the promise of the perfect plan, and healthy boundaries with the expectations of others. Today, we're gonna learn how to stop allowing weeds into our gardens. (laughs) Okay, up first, garden lesson number one. We're going to learn how to build healthy boundaries with society. Society are like the briars in our life garden, and they're stabbing and choking out all the flowers of individual thought and priorities. Who or what is society? (laughs) I'm not really even sure I could explain because I think society is really a facade because it isn't a person or a thing, it's like a combination of people I guess. it's It only exists because there's like this invisible power behind a group or a herd or a mob and we're the ones actually responsible for giving it power. You see we care too much about how we look in front of others. We're always looking left and looking right comparing ourselves to everyone else. We are constantly seeking status from others through achievement, power, or affirmation. We allow the facade of society and groups of people to dictate what we say and, and do because we want so badly to be accepted by them. We therefore adopt a herd mentality where everyone in the group begins to think and behave in the same ways to conform with the others. Now, it can also be called mob mentality or groupthink, depending on however you like to describe it. But no matter what you call it, they're really all the same. We want so bad to fit in with the crowd that we will actually forfeit our individual thoughts, opinions, desires, ethics, or life choices in order to conform. And by following along blindly with what everybody else is doing, we are essentially creating our own rat race, our own hamster wheel, or whatever other rodent expression you want to use. Nobody tells us to get on it and run fast to nowhere. We just do it because that's what everybody else is doing. And when we don't do it, we feel guilty because we feel like we should be doing it. Again, because everybody else is doing it. So in other words, we feel like, yeah, we should be working 70 to 80 hour weeks. We should be putting our kids in every single kind of extracurricular activity known to man. And as Dave Ramsey says it best, we're buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. (laughs) So the trend is to work ridiculous hours, be ridiculously busy because of our kids' schedules, and then to spend a ridiculous amount of money in order to live the, air quote, good life. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit, y'all, but I don't think that sounds like a good life to me. I don't want any part of that. So how do we build a healthy relationship with society? We have to stop giving it power to dictate who we are, what we want and what we do. We instead become the individual and leader God called us to be and focus on the priorities we choose, not because it's popular and what we should do, but because it's what we want or feel called to do. We need to stop acting like society, you know, again, whoever, whatever that really is, got to stop acting like society has any power over us. All right. So not only am I from small farm, Arkansas, I'm also a child of the 80s. So I'm going to do a throwback. Do you remember the 80s movie, The Labyrinth? It's it's starring David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. So in my mind, David Bowie's character resembles society. And he says, if you do as I say, you can have it all. And then he sends, you know, uh, Jennifer Connelly's character through this massive labyrinth where she never actually gets fulfillment. And we're like the Jennifer Connelly character who has to decide whether or not to follow the selfish desire to believe the mirage that we can have it all or to look society dead in the face and say, you have no power over me. (laughs) I love that movie. Now we're not meant to live for the world, other people's expectations or even their preferences. Even Seth Godin, again, marketing guru. He says it this way in his book, The Practice quote, if our focus is on external validation then the journey will always be fraught. It's culturally impossible to do important work that will be loved by everyone. Now I'm going to switch to a different author. As Christy Wright states in, you know, she's stating the obvious in her book, Take Back Your Time, we feel like we have to do it all and then feel guilty when we can't. We want to find balance, whatever that means for each of us, like it's chasing a moving target, she says. Now, I want to read a paragraph from her book because I cannot think of a better way to say what needs to be said to me and you and every other living, breathing person uh, besides the way that she says it. So, quote, Balance doesn't come from getting more done. You don't need more hours in a day, and I don't either. More time isn't the answer because balance isn't a math problem. Balance isn't as much about something you do How you balance it all, balance, real balance that we all crave, is something else entirely. It's something you create and feel and become in your life. It is being confident in who you are, the choices you're making, and the life you're creating. It feels like peace, even when you're surrounded by chaos. It's finally shaking the guilt that's been nagging at you for so long and giving yourself permission to be proud of what you're doing. It feels like a long, deep breath after years of shallow breathing. It feels like freedom. Freedom to be the person you want to be and to create the life you want to lead. End quote. I absolutely adore that paragraph from her book. Again, it's called Take Back Your Time. Y'all, it feels like freedom. Freedom. And freedom, true freedom, comes from Christ alone, y'all. When we look up and focus on God instead of sideways at society, which, may I add, also includes our friends and family and their opinions too, when we stop looking sideways and look up at God, we are transformed. Romans 12, 2 says it best. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when you stop looking sideways at everyone else and what they're doing and only look up at God, you are changed from the inside out. You become free of sin, free of comparison, free of guilt and shame, and free of busyness. I heard a preacher say once that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that statement blew my mind because it's so true in my life. I had no boundaries with the world, so I was constantly comparing my life with others and trying to keep up. I got so busy looking sideways that I forgot to look up. So if you don't like the pressures of society choking out who God made you to be and what he made you to do, then pluck that weed by stop looking sideways at society and what it's doing. Look up! Okay, our second lesson in gardening has to do with how to build healthy boundaries with the kudzu promise of a perfect plan, method, and checklist, also known as self help. You know what? But first, we gotta have a history lesson. In the 1930s, the US was really suffering from not only the Great Depression, but a great dust bowl that threatened massive erosion across the nation. Then came the marketing of the perfect solution to the problem of erosion. The miracle plant was known as kudzu. Kudzu is an Asian vine that was promised to save the soil. And it did. And it grew well. And it stopped the erosion. But wait, there's more. It kept growing and growing and growing to become one of the top invasive plants in the South. And it even has the nickname, the vine that ate the South. So what does kudzu have to do with growing healthy boundaries? Well... Just like the marketing of Kudzu in the 1930s and 40s, today we have the great marketing of self help programs that promise the perfect plan, the perfect method, the perfect checklist. That if you just do this and do that, that will indeed solve all of your problems. But our love of self help is a vine that can grow wild, crazy, and fast, and it will quickly choke out our desire for God. We become so confident in the promise of self-help that true peace and harmony are choked out because they only come from God. We got the kudzu promise of the perfect plan, method, and checklist choking out the fruit of harmony that can be had among the chaos. Now, I bet you can find thousands of books on how to be better at whatever you want to be better at. You can be a better leader, a better spouse, a better parent, a better financial investor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are methods and checklists out there for everything you can imagine. Now, according to marketresearch.com, the self-help industry was worth $10.5 billion in 2020. $10.5 billion. That's with a B. Now, (laughs) confession time. I was probably the number one customer of self-help up until about four years ago. I've read a ton of books on a ton of different topics, And I really worked to implement all those methods and checklists. And yet I still struggled with weight loss, conflict, parenting, marriage, leadership, you name it. Now books are great, I still read a lot, but if allowed, self-help will be the kudzu of your life garden and it will choke out your need for God because it promises to fix your problems instead of having you turn to God to carry you through your problems. Now, as a country, we might have way more self-help knowledge than ever before, but we are way sicker mentally, physically, and spiritually than we have ever been. In other words, y'all, we are information rich and wisdom poor. We keep seeking all of these self-help books to help us manage all of our busyness and activities. The waves of self-help have gone from work-life balance to work-life integration And all of this is focusing on managing our time. Now, let me say that slower. Managing our time. Managing our life. If you have learned anything on this podcast, I hope you've learned that the word manage and the position of manager is all about the tasks. It has nothing to do with the heart. Leading, on the other hand, has everything to do with people. And it's all about the heart, mind, and soul of a person. I want to lead my life and lead my tasks so that they support the life that I want to have. I don't want to manage them. According to author Dr. Patty Fletcher in her Forbes article and her book Disruptors, it's not balance or integration you want. It's work-life harmony. Dr. Fletcher goes on to describe that harmony is about your energy, not your time. Or as she says it, quote, Work-life balance and work-life integration were all about the what, the when, and the how. And work-life harmony is all about the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Who are you doing it for? Who are you doing it with? By start redefining your activities in this way, you're going to notice that shift happens. End quote. So here at the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, we talk way more about harmony than balance. And why is that? Because harmony is about having an internal calm or peace, if you will, while balance is about equality among varying things. Now, my devotion to my work will never be equal to my devotion to my family. My family is way more important, and my family's devotion to faith will never be in balance with our extracurricular activities. Basketball, dance, golf, football, all the things, (laughs) all the things my children have been involved in will never be equal to our devotion to God. Therefore, I will never go for balance because life priorities will never be equal to each other. Don't put your faith in or judge your life by a checklist. Now, all right, have you ever heard the phrase, don't miss the forest for the trees? Don't miss the amazing experiences and relationships in your life because of the tasks on your checklists, from your perfect plan, from your self-help book. Now, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Checklists are great for organization, and I use lists all the time. And oh, it feels so good to check things off the list, doesn't it? But I know that list isn't, and it will not ever create harmony in my life. It's only the inner peace of God that gives harmony and understanding beyond all circumstances and among all the chaos of our lives. And it all comes with a change of heart within ourselves. So for example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little personal story about one of my biggest stressors. <laughs> the first stressor from my home life that has always slapped me in the face as soon as I walk in the door from work every day is the question, what's for dinner? I hate that question. It immediately adds stress to my life. Now, I love cooking. I do. And I definitely love eating. But the stress of coming home late from work And then trying to figure it out was just such a huge stressor in my life. I read books about quick meals and I definitely read a lot of uh, books or posts, you know, blog posts about how to use my crock pot or the slow cooker, which I did a lot. But I still dreaded dinner and my family, by the way, hates the slow cooker meals. They hate, quote, wet meat. (laughs) They literally hate all the meals from the crock pot. But over time, I decided to stop managing dinner and start leading dinner. Now my whole family gets involved in dinner. We play great music, while we cook, we clean, we talk, we sing, we dance, we laugh, and there is such joy and peace. So something that used to be so stressful for me has turned into just one of my favorite parts of the day. Now sure, my kitchen is messier when my kids are the chefs and I'm the sous chef, AKA the dishwasher. But the joy from that experience is priceless. The small tweak of my heart from managing to allowing God to lead me and therefore me leading them in dinner created harmony in the chaos of my evenings. With a small tweak of our hearts, we can go from feeling out of control and trusting in the knowledge of self-help to manage our situation. We can go from that to leading our hearts and experiencing harmony and inner calmness like you've never known. As with everything in life, it's about leading people in the heart, over managing tasks and time. It's about leading the heart because as Proverbs 4:23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So to kill the invasive weed of overpromised self-help methods and lists, we need to know that there is no perfect life, perfect job, perfect employee, or perfect business strategy. To keep this invasive vine from taking over our hearts and minds, we need to ensure that its seeds do not take root in our garden. We need to stay rooted in our beliefs and lean into the promises of our Creator. Our third lesson in gardening has to do with how to build healthy boundaries with the poison ivy of image management choking out all the strong stalks of healthy relationships. Poison ivy is a vine that not only grows and chokes out other plants in your garden, (laughs) but it causes you to have itchy breakouts, wounds, and even scars that will drive you crazy. Plus, the poison ivy weed can grow multiple ways. So, Others can be the poisonous vine growing in our garden with their pile of unrealistic expectations upon us, or we can plant and grow the poisonous vine that then spreads to other people's gardens because of our expectations upon them. So what do I mean by all these expectations? Aren't expectations good, high expectations especially? Yes. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about unrealistic and uh, uh, portraying lots of unhealthy expectations upon people. Because you see, other people have expectations of you, and they're not afraid to pile them on you. As a leader, people can expect you and will expect you to solve every problem or gripe they have without them taking any ownership of it. Yeah, they're going to let you solve all their problems. Now, maybe at home, your family expects you to constantly be at their beck and call without ever being able to have a moment to yourself. You know, the whole mommy, 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 right? And let's not even get to the expectations that your parents may have on you. (laughs) From bosses to employees and kids to spouses to parents, we feel the weight of everyone's expectations on us. But why do we choose to carry those weights around? Why don't we just say, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Or I won't be able to attend. Or go play for a while while I have a few minutes to rest. Y'all... Not having healthy boundaries can be our kryptonite when we're trying to say no to others. We tend to make our decisions based on guilt and fear, guilt because we're compelled to do what's good, or what other people think is good for us anyway, and fear because of how others might react to our decision. Fear and guilt breed resentment, and that is the poison ivy like no other that chokes out healthy relationships. We don't want that in our garden. In their book, Boundaries, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend make it clear that, quote, we are responsible to others and for ourselves. We need to realize that we are in control of our choices, no matter how we feel. Making decisions based on others' approval or guilt breeds resentment, a product of our sinful nature. We have been so trained by others on what we should do that we think we're being loving when we do things out of compulsion, end quote. Now, how many times do you say yes because you'd feel bad or believe that you would hurt somebody's feelings if you said no? It is okay to have boundaries with all people, your family included. This is where the pruning shears of understanding of what is me and what is not me comes in handy. We are not built to carry the weight of everyone else's expectations for us. It is okay to cut out the itchy vine of others' expectations by saying no when it's appropriate. All right, so now let's flip and look at it from a different angle. Now let's look at the poison ivy from the garden angle where you're the vine, you're the poisonous vine, and your expectations are creating the toxic resentment in other people's garden. The truth is that so often our relationships are self-focused. We're selfish people. We focus the relationship around a mirror image of us. In other words, we tend to believe the way that the other person behaves or responds is a reflection on us. Or as Sharon Hody Miller put it in her book, Free of Me, quote: rather than seeing them, who they are, what they need, and how to love them, we see ourselves our aspirations and our fears, end quote. So it puts pressure on us to manage. Oh, did you hear that word again? (laughs) It puts pressure on us to manage the image of others and the image that they project by then putting pressure on them to be like and behave in a way that is more closely aligned with ourselves. That's image management. And image management is toxic to relationships, because it's only focused on one and not both parties. And it confuses the boundaries of what is us and what is the other person. When we do not have clear boundaries between ourselves and others, it is a lot easier to become codependent, controlling, or taken advantage of. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about generic parenting for morality or how to behave in public, okay? I'm talking about the expectations of personality and achievements. Like, for example, I expect you to be the star athlete. I expect you to be the valedictorian. I expect you to be perfect. I expect you to like what I like and to do what I do. Oh, I expect you to be like me. Parents, your children are not like you. Are there certain tendencies or personality traits? Sure, but they're not you, right? Now, being a longtime educator, I have seen parents idolize their children by making the child's success their top priority. <laughs> I have consoled parents that were angry or sobbing over their child's grades or their playtime on the court because it ruined quote, ruined their future at the premier college of choice. It was almost as if the parents' livelihoods depended on the success of their 16 or 17-year-old. Now, that's a lot of unneeded pressure on a child and the parent. And I couldn't agree more with uh, Sharon Hody Miller when she speaks specifically about parenting and image management. And she says this quote: "When image management steers our parenting, our kids become responsible for their reputation and our reputation, their insecurities and our insecurities, their fears and our fears." End quote. Ugh, that hurts. So for this reason, it is imperative that we work to build healthy boundaries between who we are and what represents us versus our loved ones, colleagues, or employees and who they are and what is not a reflection of us. In establishing clear boundaries between ourselves and others, we are more free to let go of the pressure in the relationship and to better love them for who they are and where they are at in life. Even if where they're at is aggravating, for example, if you have a teenage child or a disgruntled colleague or an employee, that's hard, but we become more free to lead them instead of manage them. So if you have guilt and fear from not meeting other people's expectations or from people not meeting yours, then you need to pull that poison ivy by the root. Because the poison ivy of image management is choking out the stocks of strong, healthy relationships with others. Okay, let's recap. Leaders, listen. It is imperative to understand that positive change always starts with the self. Myself, yourself, ourselves, all of it. It starts with self. And our self, honestly, has a boundary problem. We are caught up in performance based affirmation and validation and don't have healthy boundaries in life. We don't have healthy boundaries with the pressures of society because we easily give up our individual thoughts and priorities to be able to conform to the current patterns or trends. We don't have healthy boundaries with the promises of self help genre because its marketing is blinding us to our need for God. And we don't have healthy boundaries with other people because of the whole image management issue. We're either a victim of that or we're the ones that are portraying it. Yeah, our garden. If our lives were gardens, we're allowing all these other weeds to come take over and choke out the priorities we're we're planting or we want to plant. All because we don't have healthy enough boundaries to stop the invasion. But we now know how to grow healthy boundaries and to dig up those invasive weeds that are choking the life out of us. The pressures from the patterns and trends of society are choking out our individual thoughts and patterns, but no more. We will stop looking left and looking right and comparing ourselves to others and conforming to group think. We will instead look up, stepping into who God made us to be, and we will speak out and stand up for our thoughts and priorities. Now, the promise of the perfect plan, that's choking out our true source of harmony in the chaos, which is God. But no more. We will stop looking for the perfect plan and checklist and instead be intentional and be present in our most important relationships, which is first God, second family. All right. The poison of image management is choking out our healthy relationships with others. But no more. We will stop carrying the weight of others' expectations and we will stop applying the pressure for others to be like us. Now remember that as leaders, positive change always starts with us. And well, we need healthier boundaries. So our leadership garden can grow and flourish without the weeds. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you feel like this podcast is helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with your friends, family, co-workers, or anybody else who's trying to grow in leadership but also wants that harmony between work and home? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. And remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 22. As for what was sown among thorns, This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful.